Welcome to the Fabrication Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about how you can evolve to get hired by bigger and better clients so you can charge more and do better work. When it comes to working with what we do, it's I think it's very important to kind of be constantly considering how can I improve at what I do. Um, there is a phrase, I guess, it's like you want to be swimming upstream always because if you don't and you stand still, it gives you the illusion that, oh, because the water's flowing past you, you're doing quite well. But in reality, you are standing still and the majority of people, even worse, are going with the flow and they're drifting downstream. If you want to be successful, you need to be sort of actively swimming upstream, but like the analogy sort of goes ahead, that is going to be tiring, it's going to be hard work, but it's going to be infinitely more rewarding. And if we're going to evolve and we're going to improve and continually get better clients and we're going to be able to charge more and do more high profile work that makes has more impact and makes us more proud, then there are certain things we have to consider. And I believe this is a kind of continual thing that we need to be working at if we're going to keep improving. So in order to stop you plateauing, because it's human nature to, you know, work really hard, do quite well and kind of take the, your foot off the gas and kind of go, OK, I'm just going to keep ticking over, keep ticking over, keep ticking over, getting the same sort of clients, meeting the same people and just taking it easy and just settling, which is no problem at all. It's tough. It takes resistance to keep pushing. But I believe, honestly, that you'd be surprised at how far you can go and you will get to a stage where you'll have the business that you've dreamed of, where you are charging really good money that gives you a lot of freedom to you and your family, that you're able to work with clients that you always wanted to work with, and you're genuinely doing work that you're proud of that people get talk about and is leading to more work. And that's where we want to get to. So this is what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about how you can evolve and be constantly evolving so you don't get left behind uh, and become extinct. The first question If you want to be paid more, the question you're going to have to ask naturally is why should people pay you more? What is it that they're looking for? You know, it's very easy to say, I want to earn more money and I want to put my rates up. But in the business world, I can tell you nobody cares. You know, there's no point just arbitrarily putting up your rates. People don't appreciate it. And if anything, it can turn people away. So we have to analyse if we're going to put our rates up. We have to think about money and we have to go, well, why would people pay more for for me? What is it that I offer now that I didn't before? And these are the things you're going to have to consider. So the first thing is a track record of success. And it takes time this because for you to command a higher fee means that you must be doing something successfully, consistency for a long period of time. And what I find is that people are often doing quite well and having success, but they're not actually showcasing it. So if you are having this track record of success, showcasing that in informative and engaging case studies is the first start. And this is where you might make the shift from showcasing your work to actually talking about what you were doing and your thoughts behind it and actually, you know, show that success uh, through tangible metrics, which is going to, you know, give credibility and accountability to you to what you do. However, it's not always easy. You know, sometimes if we're working on our own, we don't always get those opportunities to sort of do high profile jobs. Um, and the briefs can be quite controlling. So if this is the case, I definitely feel that you'll need to gain industry experience. And this comes from working under other people. If you if you haven't got the track record of success yet, you can get that 
by taking time to go and work for someone else who is more established, who always already working with bigger clients, commanding bigger fees and having those bigger opportunities. If you go and work for them for six months to a year or 18 months and you gain this understanding of the industry and what's needed to run a successful campaign, you absorb that knowledge and then take it back to your business and then replicate it with your clients, then yeah, these these are reasons you need to be paid more. You need to have a track record of success. You need to have industry experience working underneath someone successful as well. If you haven't got that, that's a, a definite shorthand. We see that in the hospitality industry. If you trained under Gordon Ramsay, that becomes a shorthand to your ability because people trust his level of kind of training. And the third thing is industry knowledge. And this is the thing of Yes, you've worked under famous people, but you've also probably been working in that industry for an extended time. Because now if you've done one type of industry for like five to six years, you will know the common themes and problems and issues that they're having within that industry. And that experience and that shorthand makes you more valuable because there's a really good chance that if you've been in the industry for long enough, you've probably come up with solutions to those problems and you've successfully shown what you can do. And so if we're doing all of this, if we're showing our track record of success, if we're actively trying to work under celebrated and people that are industry thought leaders, and then we're gaining and absorbing industry knowledge for an extended period of time, that is going to be why people should pay you more. So as a process, you need to be constantly evolving and willing to commit to an industry, gaining that experience, showcasing your track record of success and if need be taking time away from your business to get experience from working under someone else who's been there done it for many many years now the second part of this is what is it that makes something valuable because it's all very well sort of why people should pay you more but what is the reality because yeah i understand logistically you know from a, not logistically logically from a logical point of view absolutely why i'd pay you more however from a human point of view, there are certain qualities that we also need to you know, communicate around what we do that will make us appear more valuable. The first thing is going to be availability. Now, we all know that scarcity increases the value of something. It's a, it's a process of supply and demand. If we're always available and no longer scarce, we're no longer valuable. So if you want to evolve and charge more, you probably need to limit your availability in some way. So not always being accessible, making people kind of booking them in so there is they're on a wait list. I'm not saying these are fake activities you have to do, but it's so tempting to say yes to everyone, to always be available, always be helpful. I think that's a great way to start. But as you evolve, we all know if we want something and we want to value it, we need less of it. If you have to wait to get a table at a restaurant, it feels more important. If a handbag you want is sold out, but you can be put on a waiting list, it feels more important. These are things that people care about. If there's a limited number of items available, it becomes more valuable. Look at art. You know, when the artist dies, the value goes up because there's going to be no more made. So we need to think about our availability and making ourselves not less available as such, but just not being so easily available because this, again, will somehow increase the perception of what we do. So this would simply be being selective with who you choose to work with, because that is going to be the next point, which is who else is using you. So if we think about um, humans and endorsements and ambassadors and influencers, choosing the people to use your product 
matters because it conveys a quality about your product that says it's either high quality or not. And this is where you get traditionally things like um, Burberry, which was a fairly high-end brand when it was being used in the UK by kind of chavs, it devalued the brand. So this is this thing of like, uh, it's like Chris, uh, is it, I think it's Cristal or uh, that French champagne that was, rappers were using a lot um, or Dom Perignon, whatever it was. The point being is once it gets used and it's too common or the wrong people are using it, it devalues the perception of that brand and the quality of that brand. So what we want to do is make sure that the people that use our brand only are high quality, which would mean point one, if you limit your availability to only be working with a select few people, and then those people are high quality people, it elevates what you do because other people see it and go, oh, wow, if it's good enough for him, it must be pretty good. And this is where you're going to get like product placement in movies, all these endorsements. That's all about that. It's always who else is using it. If you're opening a new restaurant and you get famous celebrities to go, that immediately makes people go, oh, wow, it must be pretty special if they're going. There's an assumption that we make as humans based on who is using something and then the qualities and how we feel about that person rubs off on the brand and they become symbiotic and it works very well. And you'll see this massively in the perfume advertising industry where if you look at all these different celebrities endorsing these perfumes, that's done deliberately to position that product in the mind of the ideal consumer in a way that appeals to them. So if you think Chris Hemsworth is cool, you'll use his brand. If you think Natalie Portman is cool, you use who she's endorsing and vice versa. So these are all things that you need to consider about your service and maybe actually counterintuitively limiting who you're able to give it to. The next is going to be what are they paying to use it? And like everything They've got to be paying premium prices for it to be worth it. We all know that when we get something for cheap or free, we don't always value it. And actually something which is super expensive, we really pay attention to and we really look after. I can have a pair of trainers that were 30 quid or 330 quid and I will treat them very, very differently simply based on the price I paid for them. So in my head, the expensive ones, even if they're not, to me they're special I need to look after them I wear them for special occasions and all of this activity and this behavior raises the value and certainly the value perception which is the first with the final point of the product or service that we're offering now value perception or the aesthetic of your product also needs to be high end it needs to match so whether price your the client is paying and the look and feel matches if you look at the way a Mercedes looks and they market themselves and how it feels that's high-end like Rolex like staying at a nice hotel got a nice golf club these are all high-end brands that the same audience members are buying from the people that buy Rolex buy Mercedes they buy this they buy that they go holding there they have this they drive a this it's all the same they're used to paying a certain a high price to use or associate with a high quality brand and those high quality brands will have qualities about them that will make them feel high quality. So everything from the touch, the materials they're made with, their typography, their layouts, their photography, all of this is conveying quality. So if we want to be seen better and we want to work with bigger clients and put onto more high profile jobs, then we need to look the part. We need to look at our website, our own branding, our own look and feel, our typography, our photography, our copy, and make sure it aligns with all the other brands that they do business with so they feel comfortable buying from us. Now, I've always said when it comes to improving your career, 
and moving upwards, then the three key things that always matter are going to be your reputation, your relationships and your results. So if we take the first one, reputation, this is what others say about you, who you're seen with and who you associate with. So as you can imagine, we've just covered off a few points, but with reputation, this is absolutely going to be kind of like, are we being seen at the right places? Are we being seen talking and working with the right people? And then what does that do about building our reputation? And what are we putting out there in terms of PR and marketing to shape that narrative so that people, when they hear about us or talk about us, they're communicating and repeating messaging that we want them to do that. So that's first one, reputation. It, it's so important. Um, you need to think about exactly those things. Who is talking about you, who you're seen with, and who you do business with. Because all of this, again, there is a real value associated with it. Where When you're on the up and up, if you can do a collaboration or work with someone high profile, that lifts your profile up further. So strategic working relationships and partnerships can elevate you massively but again it's all about reputation so it's perception from afar and what people will say about you when you're getting to know them or sorry when clients are getting to know you next up is relationships and this is always who you know not what you know and more importantly out of who you know who they know so who are the people who are going to recommend you to those ideal clients you want to be introduced in you know introduced to you know, who do you know who is so well connected that they can introduce you to decision makers and kingmakers within your industry so you can get to know key people and then be aware of and be offered opportunities to work with them before anyone else? The relationships you build are going to be enormously powerful. There is a phrase, your network is your net worth. And I kind of, although it's a bit cheesy, I kind of like the sentiment, which is, if I can be always kind of getting to know the right people and they speak fondly of me and I kind of repay the favours and, and make sure they're always happy, I'm in a really strong pay, uh, place because I can ask for introductions, I can be recommended, I'm going to meet and be introduced to the right people. And it's amazing how when you meet the right person or you're introduced to a sort of informal networking or social event, you bypass all the gatekeepers and all the bullshit and you're straight in with that person having a chat and that's where you're going to do business because if they like you other people vouch for you you're in a really strong pace to win better business the third bit is going to be your results it's all very well looking the part and knowing the right people but if you can't get results for your clients you're going to be found out pretty soon and the key to this is happy clients, because happy clients talk to other clients and they will justify what you do. They'll refer work to you. They'll provide testimonials. All of this is essential. Aside from that, we need to look at communicating our thought leadership and ability in, through in-depth case studies. This is where you might invest in like getting a videographer to sort of film them or getting a copywriter to write more interesting ones that you turn into articles and reports. And the big one is always if you're doing work that's successful, enter it for awards. Because again, a bit like when I said about if you work under Gordon Ramsay, if you win an award, that is a shorthand for how talented and how successful you are. And if we can use that when communicating, and even better, when people talk about us, that's fantastic. I know when you talk about like a chef used to work for us, they, he'll be known as like he had a Michelin star. So that precedes his reputation wherever he goes, sets up expectation of his talent and ability and what he's going to do, and it makes a massive difference. So again, if you're winning awards, you've got people vouching for you, and you're successful, make sure you keep that up. You make 
people aware of it and you ask those clients for for strategic introductions to the right people the right events the right places so that you can make that brilliant impression on people i've always said that you need to be investing in yourself because before you can ask others to invest in you and with this if you think about being upwardly mobile all of the stuff i've talked about is stuff that's going to go along the way but i do believe it's not quite enough to just be uh you know a social butterfly and kind of being at the right events and schmoozing with the right people there's got to be some style and substance because all of this can be undone by the right person telling the wrong people how crap you were so i honestly believe if you want to work with these people and be you know to evolve so that you can work with bigger clients the evolution is the next bit i'm going to talk about so you need to be gaining experience by working with people who are better than you this doesn't have to be purely from like what you do but it can be others around you who work in the same industry who've got other talents learning from them understanding how things work and developing other skills soft skills leadership skills experience a kind of database an archive of talent an archive of people that you're aware of all of this is going to really help you same as you have to learn skills that are actually valuable this comes back to what i just said a minute ago with like leadership and soft skills if you are good at giving presentations if you've got good people skills if you're confident if you've got good body language all of those kind of sort of un this sort of inadvertent skills that are picked up through successful jobs if you can consciously sort of harness those and improve yourself by like getting those out there that again is going to make a big difference in how people perceive you you also need to acquire knowledge through podcasts courses keynotes books and interesting conversations with interesting people all of this is going to help develop you and get you thinking better and give you more reference points and more knowledge to actually draw upon when you're having conversations with influential people if you've learned something or you've done a course or read a book it all seeps into your subconscious into your brain and usually we find that we can pull it out at the right moment and again if we meet someone at an event and we've just learned something and we you know we can help them or we can sound impressive or we can recommend a book we've just read all of this will enhance what you do and make a really good impression with the ideal clients you want to be working with and with all this especially when we're starting out because i want to give you advice that is actionable today always now with your next project seek to push yourself and go beyond what the client is expecting and what they want take your next project and your current project as an opportunity to really strut your stuff and really you're doing the work for the clients that so they benefit but you are signaling to the type of clients you want to work with what you're capable of and this makes a massive difference because if you're taking this brief and this opportunity and you're over delivering you go back to what i said is so important happy clients you're keeping them happy and building a reputation but also you're gathering valuable materials so you can showcase what you do and all of this can be used in marketing case studies pr and that's going to then get on the radar of your ideal client and this is where everything else we talked about comes into play how you look how you act who you're seen with where you're seen with what people say about you it will all make clients sort of more confident in hiring you now to break it down if we're going to be upwardly mobile and we're going to evolve in certain areas we're going to go back to reputation 
relationships and results. And I'm going to give you a list of things that you can look to work on in your own business, which will have uh, a real kind of benefit. So with reputation, things that you're going to have to work on, not in any particular order, but these are things to consider, is going to be entering and winning awards, doing PR and marketing to control the narrative and messaging around who you are and what you do, uh, making an effort to be seen in all the right places so that people, again, will like, um, they'll pigeonhole you in their mind of like what you're like and who you are. And then the final thing is nailing that customer experience so that when they do interact with your business and your brand, it's elevated beyond everyone else. So it just blows them away. And we've all seen this kind of when you go to anywhere good, hotels particularly, they nail the customer experience. If you think like a hotel and try and over deliver in how you treat your clients, particularly the new ones when they come to see you, you will blow people away and they will talk about what you do and how great you are, which again is the whole thing of like we want to you know control. It's a form of PR, to be honest. And like I said, it's easy to do. Just take a bit of time to work that out. Now, when it comes to results, this is where we're going to talk about making sure we get you know really good testimonials, particularly from uh, clients who are well-respected in the industry, testimonials that are specific, uh, that talk about industry problems we've helped solve and in specific ways that we've helped, you know, come up with great solutions. So they're not generic testimonials. They're very specific. And we want our ideal clients to read them and go, oh, wow, that's what it feels like to work with you. It feels great. I love what they're saying in testimonial. All of that resonates. I feel much more confident in reaching out for opportunities. Same with case studies. We need to look at demonstrating our expertise in a case study putting in sort of measurable metrics, telling a story of what we did. So it's much more compelling. And again, so they understand what it feels like to work with you. We need to look at who we're working with. So this is where we're going to cherry pick opportunities from our current set of clients, as well as possibly reaching out for um, to opportunities to do collaborations or projects with clients we would like to be working with, but we aren't with yet. So this is where you might go, can we do it like a, a free branding job? Um, in order to kind of raise our profile and like you'd have to pay for it but if you like it and you could use it and you could tell people you like it that'd be really helpful and that other bit which is results which is where you're going to show a track record of success so this is the the same thing as you know am I showing consistently how I am successfully achieving goals for my clients so this is all of the testimonies case studies and examples of work all consistently going back for several projects or even years and making sure people are aware of that. So if you have worked in the industry for a while and you've done this successfully, talk about it. Let people know that you've got that track record of success and that industry experience because that's what they're going to be looking for ultimately. Now, relationships is the third one. So this is where you're going to be asking for referrals into ideal clients. If you're going to be trying to think about who do you need to get to know and which circles sort of socially do you need to start breaking into because if you can get to know the right people and get into the right social circles, that will kick into the next point, which is who are you seen with, who are you collaborate with, what do they say about you, and particularly what's your culture. So depending on if you work on your own or in a bigger business, your culture is enormous because when ideal clients or bigger clients interact with the people that work with you or work for you, if they are happy and fulfilled and positive and upbeat, that will stand out. And having a powerful culture is very attractive, both for talent and for clients. So really work on that, building those relationships, nurturing that culture, making sure people are happy. The final component is your services. You will need to increase your price 
of what you do. Probably you might even have to create bespoke services around specific solutions or specific problems that the clients are having alongside increasing your price in order to improve and earn more money. We've got to increase our margins by charging more, reducing costs and increasing our conversion rates and getting better at convincing potential clients to become actual clients. So all of these things are things you're going to want to be actively working towards. That's where the evolution takes place. I explained the importance of evolution, how it happens in a business and from a kind of human point of view and how we look at other people. I broke it down into the four key areas where you can actually actively make a change and be working towards. And this is the swimming up the river part. I want you to start swimming. It's going to get difficult. You'll get setbacks. But now you're committing to improving and you're doing it in all the right ways to convey your value and your expertise. That's when you have to put up your prices to match what people think when they hire you and you're much lower than other people. They're going to get sort of a little bit nervous. So all of this goes up. It's a massive effort. What I would say is to finish, I'm going to give you short-term goals, mid-term goals and long-term goals for your business, which are things that you can, as I said, I prepped you to consider this is what we all need to be working on. I'm now going to give you a timeline of thing that you can be working on in the short-term versus the long-term so it's a bit more actionable. So the short-term goals I would you know, consider, you know, you should be considering, Um, would be to gain industry experience by working with people who are better than you on the type of jobs that you want to get booked for in the future. So you need to think about if I want to land this type of job, so if I want to be a a photographer for Nike, how do I get that kind of job? Well, I probably need to work for the photographers who are currently working with Nike and I need to get to know the agency who uses them, their agents, all the people involved. I need to see that experience and understand how it works. So you need to think about who do I need to start working with so I can gain that experience that I can take back into my own business. So when I do go off those own clients, I've got that on my roster. You also need to invest in yourself by acquiring knowledge through courses, books and keynotes. So the question you need to ask is, what do I need to learn? What books and courses and thought leaders are going to help me develop in a certain way so that I'm going to use the skills and actually be, again, complementing? So I'm gaining industry experience and industry knowledge and sort of general business or creative knowledge and that's going to make me a better all-round person and a better and more impressive creative Um, you need to get known by people of influence and be seen as the same places as them so this is where you'll start networking and you need to work out where do i need to be so if i am getting the industry you know knowledge and experience and i'm educating myself i now need to go and be seen at the right places so I might bump into people who I might want to work with. So you need to ask yourself, where do you need to be? This is easy enough to fix. You're going to look at industry events. You're going to look at which are the more kind of high-end events and you're going to find out a way that how can I be part of that event? It's fairly straightforward. Um, You also need to evaluate your reputation in the eyes of your ideal client by analysing your digital footprint. So it's two things. It's going to be what, do, what does Google say about you? What do your social media profiles say about you? What do other people say about you? And what do you need to fix? Quite often, um, once you Google yourself, you look at your social media, your website, and you kind of do a dummy run of what it's like to work with you from a digital point of view, such as if you send an email, what happens? If I call up, what happens? How quickly do I get back to you? All that kind of stuff. 
analyze all of that, smooth that out and make that super slick. Make sure your brand all aligns and feels excellent and exquisite and expensive. Midterm goals take a little bit longer. Once you've worked through your short-term goals, now you can start to work on your midterm goals. And the two I've got here is showcase your work as case studies, showing how you um, basically helped your clients, talk about the metrics, the behind the scenes, testimonials, all of those sort of things. So this is where you're spending time and money on good quality case studies that are going to be sort of brought to life in various types of articles, videos, tweets, quotes, all that kind of stuff. That's going to be massive. So your midterm goal is to start demonstrating your expertise and how you're helping your clients. And you're also going to need to create a flawless customer experience, both digitally and physically. So we sort of hinted that in the previous point, but this is where you're going to look at all the customer touch points, both physically and digitally. And you're going to want to take control of them and make sure that they're all superb. Everything is going to be intuitive. You don't have to think about it as if from a customer's point of view, it should be really engaging. Really, it should just feel obvious that they want to work with you. So whether you need to set up a sales funnel, um, get a PA to field your calls, uh, whatever it is that is going to make that experience even better than most, you need to make sure you're working towards that. And the best way to do that is to ask a friend or you to become a dummy client, make a list of all the places they went and what they experienced and fix everything. Finally, your long-term goals. Once you've done all of the previous stuff, you're in a position now to start investing in PR for you and your business. This is where you're going to want to build your personal brand, demonstrate thought leadership, be interviewed for highly regarded publications and even consider you know, maybe writing a book or something like this. This is where you're kind of, you know that by pumping money into PR, you can slightly control the narrative of what people say to you about you. And even if they look into sort of, oh, let's check him out, you know that whatever they're going to find is solid and flawless and it's going to back up everything they thought of you. And this is the final bit. Enter awards and try and win awards. And if you can't win awards, sponsor them. It's the positioning of being seen at the awards dinner and the alignment from a brand perception point of view of like, well, if they're at this awards dinner in some form, whether they're nominated or they're sponsoring, they're clearly high quality. And usually at those events, all the top of the top, the creme de la creme, they all attend anyway. So it's a really good place to be from a networking point of view. And that is genuinely the kind of that's how you're going to evolve, because it does take time. Um, and it is, like I said, the swimming up the river thing is the closest analogy I can use it to. But what you'll find is once you've started swimming, it gets easier, you get used to it and you will leave everyone else behind. And the problem that many people find is they do quite well, then they plateau and they never really go beyond that because to go again is quite hard. But I believe that the way you go again is this process of being upwardly mobile, constantly analysing who you need to get to know, who you want to be working with. And how can you control that narrative and actually deliver on those promises? And if you do all this and you work towards it, I promise you, you will soon out-evolve your competition or with everyone else you'll have left behind. And you're becoming closer and closer to running that dream business, which you you know originally dreamed of when you started over. And you'll be working with fantastically high-profile clients on big jobs where you get to make real impact with work you're proud of. And financially, you're being paid better than you ever have been. So that's how to do it. That's how I've done it. I thoroughly recommend you try. And as always, if you have any questions, you can email thad at thaducation.com. You can join the private Facebook group because I'm in there answering your questions. 
And I would really love it if you could share this episode with someone who you thought might find it useful. I want to help as many people as I can. And sharing knowledge and answering questions is the best way to do that. So thank you for listening. Have a great week and I will catch you soon. Thank you.